Leadership Show with Andy Peck. Welcome to the show that helps you lead according to God's purposes. It is said that our lives depend to a large extent on our regular habits. And so for most church leaders, regular habits include daily prayer and Bible study. No surprise there. But for some, regular habits include viewing pornography. Various confidential surveys have been conducted with church leaders, uh, work by the Barna Group in the United States and Covenant Eyes have found that 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Of young Christian adults, 18 to 24 years of age, 76% actively search for porn. And although the porn issue is most, more classically a male issue, Stats of women who view porn, although less than men, suggest this is an issue there as well. This week, I'm joined by Ian Henderson, who is the founder of the Naked Truth Project, a charity that aims to, in quotes, open eyes and free lives from the damaging impact of porn. Ian has in the past worked in church planting in the Manchester area with the Message Trust and was made especially aware of the challenges of porn when his now late father, was convicted of having indecent images on his laptop. Ian's ministry as a youth worker has also brought home both the addictive nature of porn and also the damage it does to young people, many of whom are aware of the value, unaware of the value of sex within a loving, committed relationship. We will be having a wide-ranging conversation, but given the nature of the conversation, uh, listener caution is advised if you have younger people in the home who are likely to hear what we're chatting about. So Ian, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Leadership Show. Great to join you today. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so let's start if you, if we may, on, on your work in church planting. Uh, you were church planting in what was described as, in quotes, the worst place to live in the UK. So tell <laughs> us about that. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I moved from Essex um, and uh, to Manchester, uh, to a part of Manchester called Harper Hay. And probably about three months after we we moved in, uh, yeah, there was something called um, an indices of deprivation, which the government do. And they measure all sorts of things from kind of crime to education to health within a community. And they kind of rank all our all our communities uh, based on this indices. And they're at the bottom or at the top of the list. I can't quite remember which way around it goes, was, was Harper Hay, where we just moved in. And um, must say that didn't go down great with uh, some of some of my wife's family, you know, newly married, just taking them from a place where people have water features in their front garden to a place where people have dangerous dogs in their front gardens. Um, and uh, but the reason we did that was, um, as you say, we were kind of partnered with and working for a charity called the Message Trust that some listeners may know. Um, and uh, we were pioneering a, a youth and community project called. Um, Eden. And so we we stayed actually in that community and in that very house for about 20 years. We only moved uh, about a year ago. And uh, yeah, really grew to love that place and love the people there. Uh, after sort of 10 years or so, um, we we kind of changed. So we weren't doing Eden anymore, but we, as I say, we kind of stayed in the community. And few years ago, we, we kind of planted a church as well in, in that community, just working with, I mean, some of the young people who uh, we first met who were kind of 
creating all sorts of difficulties and hassles for us when we first moved in, actually grew into adults, obviously, uh, had families of their own. Uh, and actually, they were some of the people we we kind of planted church for and with in in more recent years. So yeah, we we've got a, a, a big heart for Harper Hay. <laughs> no, it's a fab, fabulous story, Ian. Um, obviously, you know, the sex drive is a wonderful, healthy thing. Sexual expression is a wonderful thing in the correct context. Uh, and viewing porn is not the unforgivable sin. And not everyone who views porn becomes addicted. But it does have powerful addictive properties, doesn't it? So talk to us a little bit about the breadth of the issue mm. the challenge that we face in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly true to say that um, pornography has changed. As you said, it, it's it's been around for a long time. You could probably dig up some Greek pots, you know, the thousands of years old that might have some kind of uh, images of, of, you know, sex on, for example. Um but I would I would definitely say it, it's an old enemy with with new weapons, and certainly the internet was a game changer. Um, you know, porn moved very much from from the the sex shop to the smartphone very quickly, um, and that's that's huge. So, for example, one website um, in 2019 reported having 44 billion views in that 12-month period. Uh, it works out about 115 million views a day. Now, when you think that, you know, the final for the uh, Euros, I think, was kind of hitting around 28 million views, um, you suddenly realize how many 115 million views a day actually is. Obviously, that's globally, um, but it is a huge number of people. So I think one of the things that people need to appreciate and leaders need to appreciate is um, the, the the porn user, the typical porn user is no longer kind of a man in a, in a, in a dirty Mac coming out of a sex shop. It, it's now anyone who owns a product made by Mac. Or, or Samsung, you know that mm. that shift from analog to digital is, is is huge. In that this is the first generation with any time, anywhere access to to unregulated content. Um, porn's never been more accessible, anonymous, uh, or as you say, addictive. Because it's that digital nature of pornography that that scientists are understanding is making pornography addictive in a way it wasn't before. Um, because the way that online pornography, um, you can keep clicking, you can keep scrolling, you know, there's it's limitless in that sense. That impacts the brain in a different way. Uh, so some of the ways, one, some of the ways that neuroscientists talk about this is they they talk about a super stimuli to the brain, which uh, basically a stimuli will release kind of natural chemicals uh, like dopamine and, and other kind of like neurotransmitters. Uh, and what what pornography, what online pornography can do is hijack that reward system in the brain, so that actually we have an unnatural release of those chemicals and more than more a flooding our brain, which creates a high in the same way that you know a substance drug can create a high. Super stimuli can do that, um, and so yes, obviously porn was tempting and uh, and enticing when it was in a magazine or on a VHS tape. But but this move to digital is is as as I say is is a different thing, um, and so more and more research is showing us how porn can now online porn can cause addiction because of what's happening in in the brain. 
Um, but it's not just addiction. We're, we're certainly seeing, if we want to talk about the breadth of the issue, um, some of the other impact that porn is having on, on relationships, on the way that, um, for example, 56% of divorces in one survey uh, with uh, divorce lawyers cited obsessive porn use as um, the key factor in the breakdown of the marriage. That's over half of those divorces talking about porn being you know, a key reason why the relationship broke down. Um, issues like recently a government um, released some reports saying that violence against women uh, there is now uh, an indisputable link between consuming online pornography, which, again, because of that shift from the sex shop to the smartphone, has become so much more violent and aggressive. In fact, one MP put it like this. She said, what is illegal to sell in a, in a shop in the UK because of the laws we have around explicit material uh, being sold in, in sex shops is just served up for free every day on a computer because we don't have the same regulations online. Um, and so material is so much more violent and aggressive. If you type porn into a search engine, you're not going to see topless models or, you know, that kind of soft pornography that you would get on the top shelf of a magazine rack. You actually see very violent, very aggressive, very hardcore uh, material. And and so that is starting to affect uh, people and what is being perceived as normal for sex and relationships, whether that's young people or adults. And so, again, we're kind of seeing not only it impacting the individual who, who might use that porn, but impacting those around them, whether that's in relationships or, as I say, even in some, some kind of aggressive behavior and things that, that is starting to be um, researched as well, the links between pornography and, and kind of offline behavior. So yeah, it is absolutely a, a very broad issue impacting lots of different people in lots of different ways. And I saw a, a quote, a rather alarming, a quote by a young person uh, who I think must've been chatting about sex and, and online porn saying, do I have to strangle my girlfriend when we make love? Which like, yeah. I mean, was just like, really? <laughs> but Sadly, that's the case. Yeah, and this is and and this is again, um, you know, as leaders, um, I think it's you might be sitting thinking, well, there's so many issues facing our church. Why, don't, you know, do we really need to talk about this one? Because it's quite awkward. But one of the reasons I think why we do need to talk about this as leaders and think about this as leaders of churches is because it's affecting so many different types of people within our congregation. So yes, it does affect the men and women who use porn, but absolutely is affecting, you know, the parents in our churches because they are worrying about their young people and, and uh, how they meant to talk to their teens about this sort of issue. It's affecting the teenagers themselves. Um, and we, a lot of work that Naked Truth does is work in schools and, and, absolutely would agree with what you just said for so many it, it's not a there's just confusion there's confusion about what sex what normal sex and healthy sex and relationships should be look like because right now many of them saying we're turning to porn to to understand this well well thanks ian for uh covering that it's, it's a sad sad that we needed to but let's let's be a bit more positive look at start looking at some of the solutions that that are available, mm. that you are in the Naked Truth are involved in. And of course, the conference that's 
uh, that's coming up soon that's uh, aiming to shed light on this. So uh, first of all, I guess having conversation about this is tough. And and if those in le- church leadership, of course, uh, are kind of maybe nodding, as it were, hearing what we're talking about, but then asking the question, good gracious, I can I can hardly put a notice in my in my church bulletin just saying, uh, you know, there'll be a meeting next week to talk about pornography, or at least you couldn't sure. do that very easily. So what would be some of the ways that you found have been helpful to broach this subject at all before we even start to analyse and help those who are gripped by it? Yeah, it's a, it is a really important question. And and I think one of the ways that we've seen churches respond is um, – by starting with young people, which is, which is, as we've mentioned, um, such a key part of where this problem lies. It's not solely there. Um, so for example, one of the things we do is we provide parent workshops, uh, both online and live called the P, um, PG workshop. And that's been a really good starting point for lots of churches by offering a, a workshop for parents saying, okay, we know the online world is a scary thing. We know that we all feel a little overwhelmed by it. How do we do it then? How do we navigate this online world as parents? And in particular, how do we have conversations about things like adult content online? And, and even for churches putting on an event like that, um, hosting an event like that, two things happen. One is you get to start to mention the P word of pornography uh, without everyone thinking, oh, are they looking at me? Um, but but also it, what we found is you run a you run a workshop like that and the parents are coming, they're getting that those practical support and help that they need to talk to their kids. But equally at the same time, you know, we're we're kind of signposting some of the other programs that we have for adults, you know, if this is something that they struggle and they clock that, you know, they they acknowledge that. And so one of the ways that leaders can and have been uh starting to broach this topic is by putting on something like a workshop for parents. But actually, more and more we're seeing leaders who do have um the courage just to maybe mention it in a, in a talk, maybe, um, just, you know, acknowledge that porn might be something that men and women are struggling with in their congregation. Um, and what I think we've found is one of historically, perhaps the reason why the church hasn't talked about porn is because not many church leaders have been trained to, uh, you know, deal with it. So for example, 93% of church leaders said, that porn was a bigger problem than ever before in their churches. They recognized that. Yeah, only 7% of those same leaders said they had any kind of program or knew of any kind of program um, to help people. And I think that's really key that if you feel you don't know how to help someone, then you're reluctant to talk about it because you don't want to open up this can of pastoral worms. You know, if we mention porn in a sermon, even if it's as part of a, you know, a list of things that someone might be struggling with, you're worried that if someone did come forward asking for help or perhaps more likely, you know, they go and talk to their small group leader or something, um, that, you know, what what can we do to help those people? So one of the things that we've found is even by us 
because we run online programs. So we offer um, support for individuals, men and women, who want to find help with porn. Uh, there's programs that that uh, people can do in groups, uh, which we would really highly recommend. But there's also programs that individuals can just do in their own time, kind of on-demand video courses and things. Church leaders, even knowing those kind of programs exist that they can signpost, uh, I think is, is a really important way to, to start talking about it. Because if you say you, maybe one of the things you're struggling with is, is uh, pornography, and you can say, and you know, on the church website, there's some links to support if that's something you need to find. And no one need, even needs to know, but you can start to find help uh, confidentially. Uh, that makes a huge, huge difference. So I think leaders being able to talk about it, acknowledge it, and then signpost to the support that uh, people like Naked Truth are offering, I think is, is a really important start as well. Well, thank you, Ian. And I guess it's also worth saying perhaps that the issue is both of not viewing porn, but also what is going on in the heart, which means that you want to view porn. And mm -hmm. sometimes there's a counselling dimension to this that could be usefully explored. Um, obviously, there's a temptation, for, if you like, for everyone, but particularly for those who have found that in the past some of the relationships have struggled or they haven't been able to form relationships with other folk and and porn is a a substitute mm. for reality yeah yeah i mean i think a really important thing to say is that i think porn does impact all sorts of people um and and it's certainly not just single men who are struggling to have relationships you know who are tempted or struggling with porn we've already mentioned it can be men and women but it certainly can be uh, people in relationships you know we well, most of our work actually our kind of counseling work is with people who are um you know married or in relationships we also offer support for partners of porn users because that often they need support and help as well. Um, so it's certainly, yeah, it, it's fair to say that porn for many is not about even sex. You know, as you rightly say, it, it's 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 functioning as something else. It's a way of coping. It's a way of kind of dealing with other other struggles that people have. Um, lockdown certainly, you know, was was a a, a massive problem for everyone and people dealt with that in different ways some people maybe had an extra glass of wine at night than they they had some maybe ate more unhealthy food than they would like to and for many porn was just something that they uh went deeper into or maybe even picked up for the first time as as some as a way of trying to cope um and so I think it is important that we we remember that. We remember that there are these kind of underlying issues for people. And the reason why that's important is because if someone was an alcoholic, for example, um, we and we were trying to support them and walk with them, um, I think we would recognize that there's probably different ways that we need to be helping them. Um, you know, yes, we want to pray for them. Yes, we want to be um, maybe 
showing them scripture and helping them find what, what, what it is that God has to say to them. Um, but also we probably do recognize that if someone's struggling with, uh, an alcohol addiction, that they might need some extra support. They might need some professional counseling. They might need to join a, a group that is focused on that issue, uh, that, that can support them, whether that's an AA group or something like that. And, and I think, it is really key that we recognize that when we're trying to walk with people who are struggling with porn, there it's, it's important that we're praying. It's important that we're kind of looking at this as a discipleship thing, but it can be so much more than that as well. And, and I think it's helpful for us to recognize that, yeah, encouraging them to, to seek professional help, um, to seek, maybe, uh, yeah, group work or whatever. Those, those things are, are absolutely essential because if we just think of it as a kind of a habit that needs to be overcome, you know, just grit your teeth and try a little bit harder, um, that I think that can actually create unrealistic expectations for people. Um, and, and we just wouldn't say that to someone struggling with, with some other addictions. We wouldn't just say, just try harder to stop drinking or just try harder to stop using drugs. You know, we recognize that there's a journey required and sometimes there's some, some uh, specialist support required as well. Um, not instead of prayer, but alongside those things that we would want to do with them. And so I think to put porn use in that category uh, is helpful. Yeah. And Ian, you have a conference coming up called the P Word Conference. So tell us about that. Yeah. So this September, uh, so in um, the last week of September, the 28th to the 30th, we are running an online uh, event for churches, for church leaders. We've run this event in the past in a partnership with Care that some people will know as, as a live day event. But we we really felt that um, the time had come for us to maybe try and take that a, a bit deeper. So to try and offer much more kind of in-depth um, advice and support and, and insight and wisdom. So we have over 40 um, speakers involved in the event uh, from the US and from the UK. UK and from uh, uh, other areas of the world as well, New Zealand, Australia. Um, and so those 40 plus speakers will be bringing live sessions over 72 hours. And the idea is that they're that there'll be a, a live session every two hours for the 72 hours. So whatever time zone someone is in, there'll probably be a live session that they can uh, partake in, as well as obviously sessions being available to catch up on and watch on demand and that sort of thing. Um, and it's really trying to just help leaders think about how do we talk about and tackle the issue of pornography. Uh, so we will have sessions that will go very in-depth uh, from uh, therapists and clinical experts around the issue, the porn as, as, a, as a clinical problem. Um, but also we'll have stuff for uh, experts in young people and youth work. We'll have people who are experts in helping couples and where relationship struggles are, in, are, are there because of porn use, kind of people who really work and journey with couples. Uh, we've got a load of work around justice and cultural change as well. So we've got some people who've been doing a lot of work around legislation. People have been working with people in the porn industry. We've got some former porn performers who are going to be sharing their stories. One who's a former porn 
performer who's now become a church leader. Uh, so it brings a very interesting perspective. Um, we've also, um, yeah, looking at how do we, you know, how do we encourage congregations to uh, see this as an opportunity for mission and evangelism as well. You know, if, if which I do believe we do have, um, we've got non-Christians saying, this is, this is a problem for me. I'm seeing that, that the kind of material I'm looking at, I'm not comfortable with, or I'm starting to see the impact it's having on my marriage. Where's the help? Who, who can help me with this? And they see that it's actually the church who are saying, yeah, we're struggling too. We're parents and we're struggling too, or we're couples and we're struggled with this too. But we have found some practical solutions, but we've also found uh, an answer and 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 help in in God and and we really believe there's an opportunity here. Perhaps in the same way, organisations like CAP have found. You know, yes, you address a specific issue, but there's also an opportunity to 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 be a witness and to to and to talk about how faith can help. Uh, we really believe there's an opportunity for the church to do the same around this issue, and so we've got people who will be talking into that as well. So a real breadth of contributors uh, and and specialists and experts. Um, And to be honest, we're trying to make it as as accessible and as affordable as possible as well for churches. So whereas uh, these these speakers would normally be, it would be hundreds of pounds to be able to hear some of these people, our kind of top ticket price is 75 pounds, which would give you access for, for lifetime access to that content. So would really encourage people to uh, take a look at pwordconference.com and you'll see a list of the speakers, you'll see the different streams of content and uh, hopefully it'll be a way to help congregations and leaders as well uh, start to think about this, talk about it and tackle this issue. Well, thank you, Ian, for being so clear and candid about this topic and for also the hope that you're giving to listeners as they uh, sadly are aware of it, but have ways out and ways through the topic to help the people that they're seeking to lead and indeed themselves. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And just final word, um, Annie, would be if people listening are looking for help themselves, which could be the case, or you know someone who is, probably the best place to find out about our resources. I mentioned before some of the, the online courses and things would be nakedtruthrecovery.com. And there's that's a really good place to find out about some of the courses that people can access if they need to. Indeed. Okay. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Ian Henderson, the founder of The Naked Truth Project. Pornography is a serious business and affects so many lives. But do remember that sin can be confessed and dealt with. So as always, we look at these topics confident of the love and mercy of God to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and those who are so affected. If you are aware that you need help, do get in touch with Naked Truth yourself. Why not have the courage to open up conversations on this topic in your local church? And why not get your church to invest in you to attend the conference on the 28th to the 30th of September? This is Andy Peck, knowing that God is able to, in the words of Jude, keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy. Join me again for another Leadership Show next week. Bye for now. The Leadership Show. 
with Andy Peck. Email andy.peck at premier.org.uk. 